independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be here with you. Uh, Chad will be back after the holiday. Lots and lots of stuff uh, out there in the world. A lot of political news that I just have barely any level of interest in. It's probably bad because uh, I think that's some of the stuff we have to talk about here. Uh, and then, honestly, uh, just a lot of other stuff uh, out there that hopefully we have some fun. Uh, but I'm going to start with this. Uh, there's a couple uh, letters. This is not the road you probably thought we we're starting with, uh, like actual letters written out and sent off uh, that have been sent. And I think both are valuable conversations. Uh, the first one is from the White House Press Corps. Uh, Corps. Uh, they sent a letter, strongly worded. I imagine it's not like uh, clipped things out of a newspaper, although that would be awesome. Uh, they sent it to the White House press secretary, and they said they need more access to this administration. They are very upset uh, that the Biden administration, a guy who ran for office while hiding in a basement, uh, I don't think that's as much of an exaggeration as some people do, uh, decides not to really talk to the media all that much. Uh, some of the things they said is we once again respectfully request the Biden administration, without exception, reopen all of the traditional venues uh, for uh, presidential remarks at the White House including the East Room and the South Court uh, Auditorium, for any reporter admitted to the White House campus. That means equal access even to those stations that the uh, president has been caught on uh, a hot microphone disparaging uh, to a fairly valuable extent. Uh, the current method of allowing a limited number of reporters into these events is not only restrictive and, anti uh, and antithetical uh, to the concept of free press, uh, but it has been done without any transparent process in how reporters are selected to cover these events. Essentially, somebody wrote a, a note somewhere for Biden that he uh, has to look at, and then they let some people in. No one else is allowed in. Uh, it's hilarious, uh, in my opinion, that this is a thing, and it's a thing that uh, the press has done before, um, because, I, I don't know, I mean, maybe this isn't an argument you need. Maybe you don't care. Maybe this is low-hanging fruit. Uh, but I, I can't get over it sometimes when you do cover topics like this, political news, uh, day in and day out for a while uh, in any kind of career, is just every level of hypocrisy, every level of we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, but also we don't want to talk to any press for any reason uh, whatsoever. Uh, a lot of people criticized the former president, uh, Donald Trump, uh, for the way in which he pretty much carried himself. I don't know how to say that better. The things he tweeted, the ways he spoke. Uh, but one thing that Trump seemed very willing to do is allow the, the press access to him. I mean, granted, during COVID, uh, he went out there and said stuff. And sometimes you wondered how well versed he was in the topics he was talking about uh, for the role that he was in, the president of the United States. But that didn't seem to stop him. Uh, this guy, celebrity, whatnot, uh, famous out of New York, is, is uh, a business person. Uh, seem to be willing to roll in the world of here's my opinion. Let's see what press people want to go back at me. And then just disparaging people to their faces. Uh, different than, I guess, the current president who will do that mumbling under his breath for just a few organizations. And then his approach, ignore you. Uh, that's what he likes to do. That's what the press is upset with. Uh, they don't uh, get anywhere near the access they got from any uh, past president, not just ones who were reality TV stars. I'm not trying to bash Trump, uh, by the way, for anyone who's hearing that right now. I just think it's interesting uh, that we were so different uh, now than we were, say, a few years ago in the world of just how often. And honestly, anytime that the president does speak, our current president, it seems as though the lack of prep is still there. Uh, the, the lack of ability to get things done correctly or say the right thing 
uh, means that we still have a bunch of mistakes, a bunch of moments uh, that get obsessed about media because, well, uh, that guy's in charge of stuff and he seems like he should be in a home somewhere. All right, I want to move on uh, to the second letter. Nowhere near as fun. Uh, this one's not really at all a joke. Uh, it's just another letter that was written out there, again, by media. Uh, multiple news outlets have, have begged uh, the Uvalde mayor to release additional information about the horrific shooting at the Robb Elementary School uh, that occurred back in May. Uh, so uh, right now we're in a weird world in that story. And it's one that I know uh, just because of the way that news works comes in and out of our level of consciousness, our level of focus. Uh, but of course, uh, every American cares uh, about something as horrible as that story. And we do need all the information. Um, I've said before, I believe on this show, uh, but I've certainly said before in a lot of places in radio uh, that I think that police, for the most part now in our society, have just one of the most ridiculously challenging jobs because of how many members of society are okay with hating them, uh, for lack of a better way to say it. Just the, the way that our, our public kind of conversation has gone, politicians arming people by having those conversations, those ones about defund the police for so long, uh, that now... Uh, depending on what your position is on just an officer, you could see one at Starbucks and someone might scream and yell and attack that person. Uh, well, not probably physically because that's going to get you in arresting, uh, but just do all kinds of crazy things. Uh, I actually, here's one other quick story about that. And this is all before getting to the Uvalde thing. Uh, I have a, a friend uh, who certainly doesn't have the same political views I have. Uh, that friend recently moved uh, out of New York City to uh, somewhere uh, in center of America, Midwest. And I was chatting with that person as they're like moving stuff off of their their moving van. And I see a little toy uh, cop car. Uh, it's a little like uh, a drivable car. I don't know why I can't think of the name for it, right? A Hot Wheel kind of thing. Not a Hot Wheel. Whatever that thing is. The thing that kids drive it. Uh, I can't remember the name. And that's very sad because I definitely had one growing up as a kid. Uh, but it was a police car. And so I said to her, oh, wow, a police car. And she goes, yeah, we got to get rid of that. And like, I, I didn't say it judging. I was, I was like, what? And she said, because she had just come from New York City, that's where her and the family had been living a while, uh, how terrible police were. And I was just sitting there like, all right, uh, what other stuff do you want me to have you help move in your house? It's just a sentiment. It's one that exists. I got AOC audio today. We'll play later on about how horrible the Supreme Court is. These public sentiment things, they just take over. And then people who think they're on the side of righteousness, uh, even though the president on the same side of righteousness has no interest in having communications with the press, People who hide from the press usually aren't doing it for good reasons. Uh, but as I say all that, again, I want to go back to just the idea uh, that all these things, they just take hold and they run. And yet in the world of the Uvalde conversation, uh, to get back to it, if police officers failed to do their jobs, and it certainly sounds like they did, and it certainly sounds like they did because of the actions of one commander on the scene that day, we need to know about that. We do need to have a conversation about that society and certainly the people in that community need as many answers as possible. And I don't know if this is the sentiment or the feeling you get when you hear an update on that story, but every time I hear one, every time I see someone speak, even if it's someone, a top cop in the area who is willing to give you some of the information or, or blame some of the people that responded that day, it seems as though there's these layers of protection that still exist, not just with the cops, with the politicians, with everybody that do not provide the full story to us. And if we are going to be a society, a society that does things like respects your right to have a gun, fights back against those who try to politicize these moments by restricting gun rights or whatever it is, we do need information. When the reason that something this horrific happens is mostly because, I don't know, mostly, 
I mean, the shooter decided to take lives that day. That person deserves all of the blame for the horrific actions that that person took. Uh, but actually, if we take a step beyond that, the reason that none of the checks and balances, none of the prevention measures uh, that Texas talks about so much worked is, is probably because of these errors that need to be fixed. Uh, things like making sure that resource officer is, is on the school ground, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but honestly, just I thought it was very interesting that this media outlet, this news outlet, this uh, a whole bunch of different reporters and, and uh, big companies, NBC, smaller companies are begging to get more inside information as to what happened that day. And I imagine someone in some room somewhere that has that information is wondering if it's too damaging uh, to the system that's in place there. And we can't care about that. Uh, that is something that we can't worry about ever uh, in order for us to get those things, to do those things that I think so many of us want, uh, which is just to have the society, the society that our founding fathers believed in, uh, that we have a right to have. Uh, we can't just push uh, errors under the table. And I've said this before, too, and I think this is all I'll say before we take a quick break here, is that if people were responsible uh, indirectly for the loss of life, if you could have uh, gotten into that room within minutes, as most of the information says, and provided treatment that would have saved people's lives who passed away because they were not uh, provided any level, children weren't provided any level of medical attention for, for more than an hour, 77 minutes, they should be held responsible, even if it's that that police officer, the guy in charge. They should be held responsible up to the extent uh, that makes sense in the court of law. They they should. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that make, makes you anti-police, pro this, pro that. It's just a version of people who made significant, significant mistakes uh, for whatever reason that have to be held uh, accountable. But I thought that was interesting. I start the show on the radio today uh, talking about two letters that were written by media. I, I assumed handwritten letters. Uh, and just to go back for one more second, uh, just because I do think it would be amazing, in the world of the White House one, uh, where the press corps is writing a letter uh, to the White House begging for more access, I really wish it was written more like a ransom note. I do. I wish it had all the little cutouts and things, uh, some magazines somewhere interspersed throughout, and saying, like, we need more Biden access. Uh, I don't know what the or else would be. I'm not encouraging them to do anything violent. We need more Biden access or else something, because uh, that at least would be amusing to me. Uh, a little bit more. All right, quick break. A lot coming up on the show. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. But Chad, the hardest working guy in radio, even when he has a day off, he's still doing stuff. Here's a message from him about Eden Pure. Eden Pure gives you the best air purifiers around. You love them. I love them. You're going to love this. $200 off. The best air purifier. Plug it straight into the wall. Right? Super quiet. Oh. Oxy Leaf 2 Thunderstorm. You have a little bit of a thunderstorm smell. And man, does it kill the smells the stank is gone and it's gone fast you will love this if you've got some smells in your house litter boxes teenagers whatever it is your husband your wife oh geez oh my goodness even if it's good smells right like it's overpowering this is what it is oxyleaf tooth thunderstorm right now get it no filters to buy plug into the wall let it go three pack you're going to save two hundred dollars edenpuredeals.com use code chad3 edenpuredeals.com code chad3 edenpuredeals.com code chad3 free shipping with that Serving up talk radio, medium rare, and dripping with irony. It's Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Um, 
Every so often I see something go viral and I'm like, yeah, I could have lived that life or I probably lived a version of that life myself. Uh, this, I like this a lot and I don't know, and this is a bad thing to say on the radio right before I do it. I don't know if the audio does this justice, but that's all I can do for you. Uh, you can probably go find the video a bunch of places, facebook.com slash Greg Collins show, uh, Chad Benson show. We'll try to get it somewhere there uh, as well, of course, since this is his show. Um, but uh, what I love about this is again, uh, that I see myself in every part of this uh, thing that I'm about to play. So uh, a guy and a girl are moving a, I think it's a brand new dishwasher, up some stairs into what looks like an apartment uh, building. Uh, as they're moving it, I think there's a little bit of an argument about whether or not they're doing a good job. And then while the thing happens that you expect to happen in this situation, guy and dishwasher fall backward down the stairs. Guy and dishwasher, he's okay. He's fine. He gets up, he complains at Tad. Uh, there might be some bad words I had to edit out of this. Uh, but for the most part, he does this like a soldier and doesn't actually like go off on whatever he thinks might have caused the toppling or the the tumbling. Uh, but here we go. Uh, what I love about it, again, is that I feel a lot of people, uh, even if you've not had this exact pain, if you haven't been squished by a dishwasher on the way up a flight of stairs, you've probably at some point uh, been harmed by something uh, where you were trying to communicate to the missus. Uh, to do something a different way, and then it didn't go the right way, and then you just got to contain the anger because uh, you don't need to scream and yell in that moment. You've already been squished. Right, you're going to have to open that. I'm hanging over the edge. Good. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, oh my I, God. Are you okay? Sorry. I told you I was I know, and I, I know, but it slipped on my leg. I'm sorry. I hope it's okay. I hope the dishwasher's okay. I'll uh, dust myself off in just a second. I don't know why I find this so funny. I got to be honest. I was cackling back here, and I'm sure you could hear it. Uh, but just the fact that this guy is like, you got to here. let me play just the beginning part. Because that's the moment of hope. That's the moment of praying that she listens and does the thing you need her to do because stuff's about to go bad and it does not happen for him. You're going to have to open that. I'm, uh, I'm hanging over I'm hanging. Edge. I'm hanging. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. And then all the other stuff happened. He didn't tumble all the way. He's like, he went like half seas. And then the uh, dishwasher went the full way down the stairs. It's just something else uh, because I've lived that. Uh, I lived that with a, a mattress. I think that was the best one. Uh, that my wife and I ever tried to move together uh, was a fairly heavy memory foam mattress. It doesn't sound like it'd be heavy, uh, but it was. I think it was a queen-sized, uh, and it was an apartment complex, three floors three uh, floors up, yes. Uh, and we had to move on an outdoor staircase uh, in what I think is best described as a very cold winter in Chicago, uh, Chicago, Illinois. And as we're going up, I think I remember saying a fairly similar set of sentences <laughs> To what that guy said, like, hey, I'm, I'm losing my grip. There's a lot of ice and stuff out here. You're going to have to uh, get us into this uh, apartment, into that open door a little bit quicker. And it did not happen. Uh, what's nice about getting squished by a mattress, though, compared to a dishwasher is not as much pain. It just kind of like falls over you. And since it's something that's supposed to be very relaxing, uh, I, I don't think I had any temp or any permanent injuries as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I vividly remember. A very similar moment, and I feel for this guy, and I hope that things uh, wind up being okay moving forward with the rest of the moving. Uh, one other thing, actually, this is uh, now my favorite segment I've ever done on the Chad Benson Show because uh, this topic I'm about to talk about also is fairly visual, but we're going to try to do it justice on the radio. I did put the video up, uh, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. Don't mean to promote my social so much on Chad's show, but it's happening. Uh, what I love about this second one is that a squirrel viral. 
for trying to fight off a bear that was eating all the nuts it was saving for winter, or I guess saving after winter. I don't know exactly when this video happened. Uh, people are claiming that this has to be the new like uh, Disney Plus documentary, uh, America the Beautiful, or I think it actually is from it. Uh, but I, it's just, it's so amazing. A thousand times bigger is the black bear, just obnoxiously larger uh, than the squirrel. And the squirrel's like, today's not the day. Today I'm saving these nuts, my friend. And I've seen this with my dog. I've seen this time and again where the little guy goes after somebody bigger and the bigger guy doesn't really acknowledge it for a while. And that is essentially what the fight is here. Uh, but I, I would say, uh, since the squirrel wound up unscathed in the instance, winds up living through the moment, that it's a win for the squirrel. Uh, that squirrel learned that that on that day it can fight a bigger animal and it can somehow not be destroyed by said bigger animal. And so I'm proud. I'm proud of all involved in this situation, too, in both of those situations. The situation of the guy uh, deciding to probably continue moving the rest of the items. I imagine they had a lot more stuff that they're moving into the apartment, and you don't just stop once you get squished by a dishwasher. And then the same holds true uh, for this squirrel. It's just going to keep living its best life, hiding more nuts, and making sure that no bears come near it. I got to take a break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. That was fun. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Chad will be back after the holiday. Uh, You know what I'm terrified about? I just want to say this real quick. Um, The time in our lives, the time in this country's life, uh, where the social media raised humans are the ones in charge of everything. And I'm a millennial. This is self-hate. Even though I wasn't raised on social media, uh, social media was a thing that got created while I was in college, specifically uh, when Facebook first started to be very big, MySpace just before it. Uh, so I think that I remember the time uh, when my identity was, well, uh, the guy walking around with the face that I have and not anything that I do on the Internet. I still feel like that's my identity, but I digress. Uh, in the world of AOC, uh, what I think is so interesting is how many things that she gets wrong, how many things she seems to not really totally grasp all the aspects of. And I think that's a byproduct of the social media generation. I think that when you, when you get used to a life uh, where all of your news is fed to you on your news feed, on whatever your app of choice is, and you really just read headlines, you don't grasp a lot of detailed information. I feel like most people of a certain age, and I know this is judgmental and I know they're going to call me uh, mean or ageist or something, unwoke for doing it, but darn it, we're in, the, we're in this world already. We're going to keep going. I know people of a certain age would probably struggle in a place like a library. They're like, there's a lot of information and none of it's like split up into little pieces for me. I don't know how to do this. I see the title to a book, but I feel like I got to read the book to learn more things. Yeah, that's a life we used to live. Uh, The reason I say all this is because AOC is out here uh, while saying, I think, reckless things. uh, Then also just saying things that are confusing, uh, (laughs) at the very least. Uh, Let's do this. Uh, Let's play the the Hyde Amendment reaction uh, AOC has. If you don't know what that is, of course, uh, that amendment came very shortly after uh, Roe versus Wade is a decision uh, preventing 
our federal government from spending its own money on abortions outside of saving women's lives or in incest and rape uh, situations. Now, so it's a fairly important piece of legislation, I would think. And I think it's one that says, hey, if all the taxpayers aren't really happy uh, with this sort of concept, we shouldn't use their money to pay for these things. Uh, That seems wrong. And now we do away with it. Although I I would say just from like a cyclical history standpoint, it kind of makes sense to be uh, re-arguing that since that was a big win for pro-lifers after the Roe versus Wade decision uh, certainly hurt uh, the pro-life crowd uh, push and position. Uh, But the reason that all this is being talked about is not just to try to figure out another loophole uh, to, to allow for government funds that should not go to this sort of thing to go to it. It's to go ahead and subvert state ways of of running their own state, uh, the politicians within a state of having actual authority uh, by allowing for federal lands to open abortion clinics. I just want to say that one more time before I play this audio. That's the debate we're having in this country now in reaction to the Supreme Court decision is to have federal lands, places we can't drill for oil, even though gas prices are very expensive. Uh, But instead of doing that, uh, we're going to make them available for abortion clinics in states that are saying they don't want to have abortion. That's not going to cause any kind of chaos, any kind of crazy, horrible things in our society to have the state um, uh, politicians and all the people in the state that support what the politicians are trying to do uh, be told by the government no on their own land. I mean, this it's crazy. It's crazy as night. No matter what side of that argument you're on, this would be a horrible overreach and trying to, quote-unquote, fix the problem for those that disagree with it. But here's AOC on what they need to do. We'll say on a policy response, we should we need to be working on repealing the Hyde Amendment in Congress right now. Um, I am proud to say that we have successfully started to take the steps to repeal the Hyde Amendment. And with the Hyde Amendment, repealing the Hyde Amendment will allow the federal government to uh, invest in access to reproductive care. That's a really fancy way of saying what she wants to say. And you could say it a much more uh, uh, simplistic way. Uh, It does not allow the government to invest in care. It allows the government to put an abortion clinic inside a state that doesn't want one uh, because they say that they don't have control of those federal lands. We do. Uh, That's the argument being made by AOC, someone who evidently wants to run for president Uh, but refuses to admit that that's a thing she wants to do. Uh, Here's the other thing uh, that she said, too, is that it's the role of her uh, party, the role of Congress, the role of the other uh, houses of government to go after and impeach the Supreme Court justices if they don't like their rulings. Yeah, that's what we built this for. We built this so when you dislike something, when you get mad at somebody else, you just go ahead and tear them apart and and force them into non-existence. The Supreme Court is is a... thing that exists in our society this is simple this is the dumbest thing i'm going to say on this show but i feel like aoc needs to hear it the supreme court exists in our society as a separation of power between the other two places when you get so mad you want to tear it apart when you want to get rid of the filibuster when you want to get rid of all the challenges all the the things that make it harder to govern uh, because more people have to agree with you to do it well darn it i think you're going much more towards something that the united states is not and something that places like China are. I personally believe that Clarence Thomas should be impeached beyond a shadow of a doubt. I am astonished that 
this is a position that is in any way controversial to anyone. The degree and extent of misconduct uh, that Clarence Thomas alone, um, in addition to su- several of his colleagues uh, have participated and engaged uh-huh. in, is delegitim- foundationally delegitimizing to the Supreme Court. And it is our responsibility, our constitutional duty to rein them Here's the thing. I I think that this is the same challenge I'm talking about a second ago in the world of like social media and simple understandings, headline understandings of things. The Supreme Court made a complex decision and put out a a very detailed, very long uh, that I read a lot of opinion piece, uh, majority opinion piece about why they chose to overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, Now, a lot of people who are upset about that do not understand, I think, every aspect of what occurred and are just going the road of the Supreme Court needs to be abolished completely. Uh, abolish the police, abolish ICE, abolish all these organizations is the move now. Uh, I wonder what it is, actually. You know, I, I think that that might be it, too. Uh, this, like, fighting authority. Um, I've seen joke after joke on social media. Uh, this is a weird way to make my point, but let's try again. A uh, Joke after joke on social media about how generally, generationally, uh, every time that we... Uh, experience a change the people that are young right now fight their parents more the authority figure of parents is just gone in our society in uh, generations past the way my grandmother even my mother would talk about getting in trouble with the parents it was fairly specific and you were definitely not going to win the argument uh whatever it might be and certainly i think there were other ways that that occurred as all of that has just kind of lost our in our society just disappeared uh, it seems as though the ability to fight back for, by uh, against those authority figures whoever they might be your parents when you're a child but i guess as you get older the supreme court the pol- politicians you don't like anybody the police uh, you just start to yell and scream you're like no uh, we won't listen to you because you're trying to tell us to do stuff and that's not a thing we accept anymore i wonder if that's the fix I wonder if all these other things I blame, the social media problems of the world and and all the ways in which our, our lives have just become more and more the fake, ridiculous, ideal version and not the real human, everyday experience version. Uh, but if the real challenge is just that parents have been so wildly defied uh, by generations as we get older and older and at younger ages. And I wonder, you probably don't agree with this. Again, this is hating on the young in our society and someone younger is going to be like, this guy's the worst even though I'm a millennial in my mid-30s. I just wonder if that is a part of the problem, is that that authority figure is just obliterated so early in your life uh, that you don't respect it at all moving forward. Because I do think, here's what I'll say, uh, last thing I'll say, because I don't want to talk about abortion on a Friday, uh, on, a, on a day where we have a July 4th weekend and stuff going on. Uh, but I guess just my, my quick reaction uh, is that uh, in this world we're in now, uh, in the world with Supreme Court made the decision they made, I think the right reaction by those who are upset with it is to focus on where the change is happening now uh, in states. Uh, If a state you live in is making a rule that you don't like, if they're banning abortion and you're for it, you should probably go and vote in your midterm elections. Uh, All of the primary coverage that I've seen throughout the country, turnout is atrocious. Uh, That's one thing that we have to live with, too, in our society. And I'm not judging you who's ever listening to this. I promise I'm just throwing a macro judgment out there. And we can all try to avoid it in our own minds if we want to. If you don't vote in stuff, uh, little stuff, big stuff, whatever the stuff might be, it's really hard to care about your opinion if you just choose not to vote. Uh, But to go back to it for a second, people who are upset with the way laws are changing in their own state should focus that that passion 
on the people who are now responsible for those decisions within your state. The same is true. And I know this is going to be something that anyone that's pro-choice hates to hear, but it's definitely true uh, in any of those states that are choosing not to change their laws uh, after the overturning of Roe versus Wade, after the federal protection of something like abortion goes away, they're choosing to be like, nah, we'll be fine. If you're someone who cares a lot, if you're someone who's passionate about that change actually occurring, you should do the same thing. You should you should uh, be out having conversations, maybe doing peaceful protests. I don't know if that's your game. I don't do anything worse than that. That's where we all get in trouble. Uh, but just trying to raise that awareness uh, for the other side, because the, the other thing that's a problem and I'm just dancing on all of it and then we'll take a break is that because of social media, because of the world we live in now, everybody thinks they have the majority opinion on everything that it's absolutely true. Anyone you talk to, anything you talk to them about at some point, you will figure out that they're pretty sure their opinion is what more people think and less people think the opposite. And that arrogance, I think, is a problem for a lot of us, too. And certainly the people right now having this debate in these places, uh, the politicians, the media outlets, everybody who's doing it, um, they don't seem to realize there's an opposing viewpoint. And that opposing viewpoint is, it seems, much more widely held than they want it to be. And they just choose to ignore it. And that's not helping us get any better. All right. This has been a complaint segment on the show. This has been a bit of a thing. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson show. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about silly stuff. I promise. Irreverence? Um, like, yeah. So what? It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Happy holidays. Uh, Chad will be back after the holidays. Much deserved vacation from one of the hardest working people in this entire industry and one of the most talented. Um, um, I love this story mostly because of the reaction from this woman. A Pennsylvania woman said that somebody broke into her house, a random stranger, and then uh, fell asleep on the, on the couch. And at some point, they may have even tried to, to cuddle uh, the person that owns the home that they broke into. That's a bad move. Uh, several bad moves, I guess, occur here. Uh, but the going above and beyond, that this isn't my home, this isn't my couch, I shouldn't be sleeping here, but let's just go ahead and see if somebody's interested in a little bit of a, a big spoon, little spoon. Like, that's a mistake you can't take back. Here is how this woman, Tanisha Fisher, uh, felt uh, when news caught up with her asking her about the entirety of the story. There's really a little white girl laying on my couch, wrapped all the way up, <laughs> shoes on, just a hot mess. You know it's not Grammy's house and there's a big black woman asleep right here by herself. Please, if you need to go out, you need to be a little bit more responsible <laughs> because life and death happen so quick. Okay, she's serious at the end there, and she's right about that. Uh, I love the fact that one of the other things she says uh, when the young uh, lady uh, said that she thought it was just her grandmother's home that she was in and she didn't realize it was Tanisha's, uh, the young woman, Kelly, by the way, is her name, is she goes, how do you think that this is grandma's house? You're a little white uh, uh, person, and I'm a big black woman. I don't know how you think that we're related at all. I, I do very much enjoy I want to play that one more time. I think that every part of this, like, I wonder what kind of conversation uh, was actually had between Tanisha and Kelly uh, before any sort of authorities and or any sort of news cameras got there. Because I imagine it was it was fairly matter of fact. And maybe a lot of things were said that might have hurt some feelings. But darn it, you broke into her house and you tried to cuddle with her. There's really a little white girl laying on my couch, wrapped all the way up, 
shoes on, just a hot mess. You know it's not Grammy's house and there's a big black woman asleep right here by herself. Please, if you need to go out, you need to be a little bit more responsible yeah, because life and death happen so quick. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good uh, PSA uh, from Tanisha before the holiday season uh, that you should be as responsible as possible. Do not break into someone else's home. Do not try to cuddle with them on a couch, especially if you think they're your grandmother and they are definitely not uh, your grandmother. All those things, valuable parts of information that I think that maybe uh, now Kelly knows and hopefully uh, acts a little bit uh, differently about. All right, I want to play uh, one other piece of audio. Uh, and I'm not really sure if I should play uh, this audio. I, oh man, okay. Uh, we're going to go into this world and we'll see what happens. I'm sure that this is okay as far as uh, uh, things that we can play on the air, but the topic of conversation might not be one you're ready for uh, on this given day. A, a woman went uh, viral on social media. Uh, she's a doctor. Dr. Teresa, at least, is her uh, name on social media. I don't know how many of the doctors on social media are real doctors. I have no idea. I imagine it might be very few of them because uh, I don't think you check any sort of doctorate when you sign up for the TikTok. Uh, but this woman said that, that women are, are going to the restroom wrong. Uh, she said that they should be going a, a totally different way uh, than the way they're going now. Uh, and she had uh, a take on it. And uh, as I said, we're going to play some of this audio. And then you feel however you want. I'm a man. I go to the bathroom standing up. So I guess I can't take this advice even if I want to. Uh, so this is your decision on how much of an expert you want to respect this person for being. Did you know that there's actually more than just one way for us to pee? So most of us are taught to pee properly, oh. but I call it prim and improper because you're not going to empty your bladder this way. One third of the urine will still remain in the bladder if you pee. I is very uncomfortable. Uh, she's saying scientific words, but I think this is not the amount of times you heard these words. Uh, you thought you were going to hear these words on the radio today. Almost done. In this upright position. So the proper way to pee is like a cowboy. Just lean forward. Put your elbows right above your kneecaps and pee. Make sure your feet are flat, though, because otherwise, if you're on your tippy toes, it's still not going to empty properly. So the proper way uh, moving forward, according to one expert uh, with varying levels of, of we're sure or not sure that she's an expert, uh, correct way to do this. I love how I'm stumbling under this conversation now, and I chose to do it, uh, is to lean forward, uh, elbows to kneecaps, and go ahead and, and handle the situation. Uh, that's an intense pose. I'm just going to say that about it. That is a very intense pose. All right, we're going to move on because uh, I'm sure that I'm going to get in trouble if I say too many more things about that topic. Just one other thing I wanted to mention quickly. I thought it was interesting. Uh, this whole uh, Donald Trump tried to uh, reach for the steering wheel uh, craziness uh, that uh, Cassidy Hutchinson said she testified to. Uh, a former Secret Service agent on deep background, I believe, has given his response to why he thinks that's definitely not something that would have occurred. I don't know if the Secret Service agent actually was uh, in that SUV or not, uh, but I think it does matter. Uh, he said that uh, former President Donald Trump's, now uh, he used the word girth, would make it impossible for him to think he'd make a successful maneuver uh, from the back of that vehicle uh, toward the uh, steering wheel itself. And most people, when they know that they're going to have too many obstacles in the way of achieving something, do not do it. There's a lot of other reasons. Uh, this story has been refuted and people, uh, the ones who apparently told this woman uh, that this happened have said, we never said that. And that definitely didn't happen. Uh, but this is a fairly logical argument. Uh, this argument comes from the Secret Service person uh, saying that, look, I, you know, uh, we all do different things in our lives uh, based on uh, certain circumstances. Uh, former President Trump is not built correctly uh, to try to maneuver inside of a vehicle and grab a steering wheel. Uh, it also is just a ridiculous version of what human would try to do that, to try to force someone to follow an order, uh, would try to just be like, no, the steering wheel's mine. 
So I do think if we shoot this down logically, uh, that a lot of those things seem to make a more sense than anything else. And I don't know why I was amused uh, by the idea that one guy's like, you know, no one else is saying this. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to try to put it out there into the world so we can all just think about it a little bit more. Uh, and then actually, I also love the argument that some are saying, even though that woman lied about some stuff, uh, we should think that other things she said are probably true, uh, which usually makes sense, right? If someone lies to you about a couple things, there's no chance that they would lie to you about anything else. That's Those are the rules we play in this world. All right, I got to take a break. A lot more coming up. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on a holiday uh, weekend for the Chad Benson Show. Chad will be back after the holiday. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in a lot of stuff to talk about. However, I think what's really interesting, uh, one of the uh, bigger topics of conversation, of course, still being how ridiculously expensive everything is. Uh, Certainly gasoline, but just everything uh, makes life every day. Uh, There's just constant reminders of our uh, government is getting things wrong. Uh, The people in positions of power are getting things wrong. Energy uh, policies are wrong. Uh, We don't need to think about that by diving into the Internet. We just go buy gasoline. And we're like, yeah, this is this is terrible. Uh, CNN did an interview uh, with one of the Biden advisors on this, Brian Deese. And Brian continues to tell us that when the chips are down, when I think enough questions get asked to these uh, politicians or these advisors, uh, these administration officials, uh, eventually they say, yeah, but we're in a transition. That's the last moment is we're forcing some sort of historic change, uh, whether it's energy independence, uh, economic progress, whatever it might be. uh, There's always that moment of, you know, all right, fine. You've made enough objections to life today is terrible, but this is a cost we're all willing to pay. And the answer is, no, we're not. Most of us are not willing to pay this and don't want to transition the way that you guys, the politicians do. Here's a little of that back and forth. You know, the numbers are from the latest poll. This is from the AP and ORC poll that shows that. 85% of U.S. adults say the country is on the wrong track. 85, I'm sorry, continue. 85%, that's up from 68% in March. 28% of Americans approve of the president's job performance, specifically on the economy. (laughs) 28% of people are like, yeah, he's still doing great. Who are those people, by the way? I'd love to meet any individual that's like, nah, this isn't so bad. Uh, How much did gas used to cost? $7? I don't know. I have no idea. I I can't imagine that many people who aren't oblivious to life in general feel great about things right now. You have made it clear that the president gets it, but it it appears that increasingly the American people do not approve of what this White House... I really wish the way he had asked this question is you've made it clear the president gets it, but what we're seeing is that he definitely does not get it. How do you respond? ...is doing. What's your reaction to the assessment of the job the president's doing? It's bad. 
but these are uncertain times, and when prices are high, uh, people are uh, understandably frustrated. When Look, we're just uh, we're as confused as you are. The times are uncertain. Everything's spiraled out of control, and we're not sure who to blame. What's that? We're in c- control. We're in power. Anyway, something else has caused all these problems. It's not us, and we are we're as upset as you. Ooh, we're angry about it. And then our plan to do stuff. Oh, that's not on us. Uh, let's figure out someone else who wants to handle this a little more. Uh, from Brian Deese. They're pulling up at the gas pump, and uh, that is, that's understandable. Yep. Uh, and at the same time, uh, it is our, our job, and it's the president's firm conviction, uh, that what he can do as president is to take every responsible action that he has. And then also make things as bad as possible uh, by pushing us in other directions. Directions, again, we don't want to go. I love, I love the talking point stuff. I do. Um, I love it as a person who thinks that it's, it's some of the most blatant demonstrations uh, that most politicians thinks, think we're morons. They, ju- they just think we're idiots. Because uh, anybody who's willing uh, at all right now, actually, to pop up on a television and argue with CNN even, but any organization that's like, uh, costs are high, you're probably doing a bad job, yes or no, and to look at that camera straight in the eye and be like, we're not doing a bad job. This is not us at all. And expect people to just be like, well, they said they're not doing a bad job. Uh, we asked them. Uh, and they said they're not doing a bad job. So I guess they're doing the best they can do. Like, it's, ju- it's just amazing, uh, the expectation. And it, it does, I guess, sadly work with some, although I think for a majority it does not, as that poll shows, uh, 28% uh, approve of the uh, president's handling of the economy, uh, almost 70% disapprove. Um, Elizabeth Warren said some things. Uh, she was on one of the late night talk shows. I, you know what? Before I even play this, I guess something I think I... I just want to say on the show today is I miss a time when most of these, whether it's the late night talk shows, the award shows, whatever it is, hid their political side. They just hid it. They didn't actually maybe not have it. I assume they definitely had a political opinion, whoever these yesteryear people were. Um, And of course I could name some of them, but it was just everybody. It was just, it was common everywhere for if you were someone of note, Uh, but your role wasn't politics, that you didn't obviously uh, shill for one side of the aisle. Uh, You allowed both sides to have conversations or you tried to err uh, away from it as much as possible. And I know somebody listening somewhere would be like, this guy is doing it on the radio right now. I I have a political opinion. I have a side. This is a political talk show. I feel like that's different. I feel like that allows me to say things uh, that are opinionated on this conversation. Uh, But late night talk shows uh, definitely didn't used to do this. And now they like gush over Democrats and, and get angry. Uh, remember when Jimmy Fallon played with Donald Trump's hair and uh, half of social media, the liberal half, which is most of social media, actually lost their minds because how dare this person treat another person like a person? That's that's a sentence. And I said it the right way. How dare this happen? That was the worst thing any of us have ever seen in our entire lives. You know, there's horrible things that happen all throughout the world. But if you if you tossle someone's hair, you are, in fact, evil incarnate. Uh, But here's here's Elizabeth Warren saying that Democrats just need to pick up two more uh, senator seats. Uh, This is actually partly because uh, cinema and mansion continue to defy what other Democrats want to do. Both of those two Democrats stand against ending the filibuster, uh, something that now even the president who used to say, in his senator days, that that would be wrong and an overreach of power is now saying we got to do this so that it makes it easier for us uh, to go ahead and change things in our society. Uh, But because of these two uh, senators, uh, some of those overreaches of power uh, Democrats have wanted have have failed, including Build Back Better, uh, of course, as well. 
And so this is the pitch on late night talk shows uh, to the American people. Uh, let's oust a couple of Republicans and get a, pu- a couple Democrats in. Again, something that just didn't occur on television platforms and stuff like that back in the day. A day I miss uh, more and more all the time. Two senators. If we pick up two Democratic senators who will help us get rid of the filibuster, which the president has now said he's on board for that, and who will give us Roe versus Wade, two senators, and yes, John Fetterman, I am looking at you in Pennsylvania. Yes, Mandela Barnes, I'm looking at you in Wisconsin. I don't know why she's telling us who she's looking at or if we should care at all about any of that. But I, I love the fact that this is just like a pitch out there. And the host is just like, OK, yeah, that was fine. This was good content. We did a good show. Let's go ahead and back it up uh, because uh, come on. Uh, I, I just I don't know if there's a better take than come on at this point, which I feel like I'm now embodying Joe Biden. Come on, man. Uh, almost came out of my mouth. Uh, but it, it seems to, to bear uh, value here in, in the way in which we do these sort of things and the way in which I think, you know, because people ask this all the time. Uh, why does television not have the reach it used to have? Why are ratings for this or that down? Uh, and one of the reasons easily that this stuff is all not what it used to be is we used to try to appeal to all American people on some of this stuff. Uh, we used to, the companies especially used to think to themselves the old Michael Jordan quote, Republicans buy shoes, too. Uh, so you used to try as hard as you could to not make someone sitting in a chair that's consuming your product to be like, wait a minute, you're terrible. And now we just do it. Now we just that'll be fine. And I know, again, anybody that's thinking to themselves, uh, the hot takes are coming on the show. Uh, Craig Collins filling in for Chad Benson. This is not Chad's show. And I don't know how many takes are all that hot. I'm like a, I'm like a lukewarm. I'm, I'm a lukewarm take at best on a lot of issues. Uh, but I, I would say that that's the role of this. That's why people, I think, come to, to uh, products like this. Chad is great, uh, by the way, at having opinions that are as independent as any free thinker like a Chad can possibly have. So I don't mean his program specifically. I just mean that if you turn on, say, a political talk show on television and you get mad they're talking about politics, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I just think that there used to be oases. There used to be freedom for it. Even our sports, I don't have these now. Uh, the athletes feel like they need to or want to stand up for or against certain issues. And that used to just be a place where you turned on television and saw people who were good at stuff. Uh, good at stuff, only play the stuff they were good at. That's not the shut up and dribble version of a conversation, by the way. It's just remembering that uh, before, in the yesteryear, in the upside down world, uh, we used to think that some products deserve to have a, a freedom uh, from those topics that beat us over the head in other places. Uh, and on that note, I will take a quick break. Uh, after the break, I will not beat you over the head uh, with political things. We'll talk about something hopefully way more fun. Uh, but first, Chad Benson, one of the hardest working guys in all of radio, does stuff even when he doesn't have to do stuff. Here's a message about MyPillow. All right, kids, MyPillow's got deals galore. The BOGO's still going on, but the huge deal is, that, of course, the My Slipper. The My Slipper. Four layers when it comes to your your feet when you're walking right it took them two years to develop so it's got a four-tier cushioning system includes the my pillow patent fill comfort memory foam patented impact gel and the sole indoor outdoor wear it all the time it is fantastic made with a quality leather suede machine washable six-day money-back guarantee one-year limited warranty here's the thing normally 139.99 for you right now 49.98 massive deal Now's your chance to save. You go to mypillow.com slash Benson or call 800-983-4975. 
Use code Benson. The My Slippers are only forty nine ninety five. When you're there, take advantage advantage of all the other deep discounts. Like we said, the Bogo is still going on. The buy one get one free in the My Pillows, the sheets, the towels, you name it. Uh, MyPillow.com slash Benson. If you like talk radio like Chad Benson likes his meals, you've come to the perfect place for takeout. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. I know you probably don't care all that much. I'm just a fill-in host, but I'm going to talk about my pet, my uh, puppy in just a bit. I didn't mean that mean. I came out like I'm angry uh, that people don't They shouldn't care about the things that I talk about, but I can't help it. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, first, though, a couple other things that I thought were interesting. Um, I think that I was touching on this a little bit uh, uh, yesterday when I filled in on this show, uh, but I found even more information about how terrible of a day July 4th is for your cell phone. Uh, cell phones are one of the most commonly damaged, lost products uh, that happens apparently over this holiday for whatever reason. Uh, and one of the biggest pieces of information on it is just because people even like launch them off of their hand uh, while holding a firework and say something's taking off. Uh, it's just people's need in the moment of July 4th and fireworks to capture those moments because they think they're special. And so just a, a quick PSA on that. None of those things look as cool on your phone, on your social media pages when you put them up those places as they do in person. When you see it live and you're trying to share it with all your followers, uh, whether it's five or 50,000, uh, however many it might be, uh, none of it is worth the amount of risk that you're taking by doing the things that you're doing uh, to go ahead and capture that moment. So just uh, I, I wanted to throw this out there because I can't believe uh, how many pieces of information talk about a 50% rise in damaging your phone, a 75% rise in losing your phone uh, just over the next few days. Uh, and I don't know if that's also because we're getting distracted doing multiple things at once and maybe, God forbid, we put the phone down for two seconds and then we lose it, but it's a thing that happens. Uh, I saw this. I thought this was interesting too. Um, TikTok people specifically, I think, uh, but a lot of social media uh, influencers is the name for it, who rose to fame during the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial are trying to find a replacement celebrity trial to stay relevant. That is the weirdest version of I need a specific thing. Uh, I know that in the podcast world, people attack pretty unique issues and try to find a following. Uh, but the fact that these people are, are struggling right now uh, to find the right uh, lawsuit and then to find the right, I guess, uh, celebrity to be on a side of is just, I think this is one of the many reasons why the influencers is, influencer is such a dumb thing, uh, because these humans that now have followings, that now have people paying attention to them for however brief of amount of time, it's like your 15 minutes of fame. Uh, just so I'm just wondering. The action going, keep the content up, as opposed to saying anything about, I don't know, anything else uh, that exists in the world. Uh, but good luck to them, I guess, and good luck to the followers that they're seeing start to go away. Uh, this apparently is a, a real issue, uh, at least according to the social media people who are complaining that they're losing their relevance. Um, I also saw this story. I thought it was uh, pretty intriguing, mostly because uh, I do wonder the good and bad that exists within this uh, piece of information. Uh, but apparently more and more people are complaining that Airbnb uh, is being or at least the the places available to rent on Airbnb, I guess is the way I should say it, uh, is being taken over by bigger companies. Uh, bigger companies are doing things like buying full apartment complexes and then converting all of those apartment uh, uh, units into Airbnbs and not renting anything to anybody. 
Uh, some are saying that this might be, and there's no way that this is true, uh, adding to the stress that exists in the world of rising uh, rent rates or just the the uh, way in which the housing market itself uh, seems to be getting more and more expensive. Uh, but part of the reason that I guess this is a, a struggle or people are unhappy with this is that we go away from the world of uh, you renting a, a room in somebody's house that they're also living in and feeling like that's a normal experience compared to a hotel and you basically having a hotel experience on a different platform. Uh, it's sort of the, I guess, Uber versus a taxi uh, version of a conversation. Uh, but to me, I guess this just simply made sense uh, that competition would exist in a world uh, where people are going and buying things is sort of the way that businesses always operate. Uh, Airbnb themselves, they are saying that they're getting a, a inundated with new owners of properties. And so for them, it's, being, it's becoming harder and harder to do effective customer service. Uh, but I, I wonder, um, and actually, you know, I got to be even honest, uh, more so, maybe some people, if they find the right discount or price, uh, start airbnb instead of having an apartment, uh, which I don't think will ever actually fully get to that society. But maybe if you're in a move and a transition, you do it for some amount of time. And I think if you do it on an extended uh, stay, maybe they actually lower the price. All right. About my dog, just real quick, before we take a break, uh, I have been very confused about something and I'd love help from anyone out there that knows why this is occurring. So I am selfishly uh, campaigning for people to help me with my dog. Uh, we have a very nice dog house uh, in the backyard of my home, uh, a dog house we put out there because anytime we put her in the backyard, my puppy, uh, nine months old, uh, we expect her to shelter herself if need be, even for just like a couple minutes for some rain. And the other day I walked out and I saw her totally ignoring her dog house as it was raining and I was going out to get her and bring her back inside and just kind of looking at me, laying outside next to the doghouse. And I, I'm dumbfounded uh, by that behavior. She knows about the doghouse. I've put treats. I've put things in there. She's gone in. She's seen, hey, uh, this is a place where I don't get rained on. Why does my dog subject themselves to rain for however many uh, minutes I've her outside before I need to go out and grab her? Uh, no one worry. It's never been too long. She's totally fine. I'll take her to the vet if she seems sick at all. Uh, but I'm, I'm just confused. I don't know how to train a behavior in an animal I thought would just be something they do kind of normally. I thought this is something that anyone, any creature, I would be like, oh, yeah, it's raining here and then not here. But I can't figure it out. And I would love your help, mostly because I don't want to feel like I wasted all this money on a fancy doghouse that I put in the backyard for no reason. Uh, a doghouse that my wife recently said to me after we saw this behavior in our pet, we should just sell on Amazon or something, sell on Facebook. I'm like, not yet. I'm not giving up. I'm going to go ahead and pull uh, anybody I have access to which I guess is the Chad Benson Show audience, for as much help as possible. A quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, a Dunkin' Donuts was celebrating its 30 years in business in Rhode Island when it offered free coffee to a year to the first 100 guests. Uh, the problem is they had a typo. 
And part of what they said, the 100 guests, um, well, I could just play the audio here. Uh, apparently, within this, the limited time offer uh, said that it was for white people. And they didn't do that on purpose. This was a mistake. Uh, people got up in arms. Everyone got very mad. And I'm not even saying unrightfully so. Um, but now there's a big apology. We are very sad that we did not mean for that word to be in there. And it was a type over. It was left over from an old White Plains ad. So a, a different location. And so that word remained to no fault of anybody, I guess, except some editor somewhere. Uh, but here's a reaction. Here's some of the apology. It's an embarrassing mistake. Duncan, as a company, obviously is very excited for this opening for the people of Cranston, all the people of Cranston. It's too racially diverse in there. That's not how things roll. We come here every day. I would believe that would be definitely an error. See, you know what's so interesting about this, though? So, uh, and this is my only take on this, and I'm going to move away from it so I don't get in any trouble uh, since this is not my program. Greg Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Uh, but what I think is so interesting about this is somebody somewhere, hopefully and, and most likely, like very, very likely, just made an honest mistake. And a word, a typo, uh, seemed to say a thing, but it didn't say a thing. But people are still up in arms. Uh, even some of the people they use at the tail end of that reaction are like, yeah, that would be to so wrong. So inappropriate. I'm still upset. Uh, we don't, I, I think, back down from whatever the version of offense we're expecting to have uh, at some point in our lives, whatever it might be. I, I don't mean specific to this one issue. Uh, whatever it is that you walk around every day with a chip on your shoulder, and maybe not you specifically, but somebody you know, uh, walks around and waits for someone to touch on that issue so they can go off. They can get mad about it. Uh, even if you apologize and even if it's an absolute honest mistake, not actually intent to be the thing you think it is, the anger doesn't go away. You just, you hold it. You keep it going uh, for a little bit longer. And you're like, no, I got to still be mad. At some point, I'm going to not be mad, but that's not now. Uh, and I think that's probably a problem. Uh, that, that's my hot take. And it's not that hot of uh, the show today is that we probably need to work on that. Uh, I also want to play this. I thought this was interesting. Um, uh, a California urologist. I don't know why. I have a lot of conversations today about uh, restroom things. Uh, he's saying a lot more people are getting a vasectomy after the Roe versus Wade uh, decision. Uh, not surprising, probably a, a smart move. If it, it, I'll say this before I play the audio. If you're someone who doesn't want to have a kid, and I know this is probably simplistic to say, don't put yourself in a situation where you might have a kid anyway. Uh, there are a lot of ways, vasectomy one, to prevent that from being a thing. And I know that I can't speak to every single moment where something could occur. Uh, this is not an, uh, you know, this advice fits every situation sort of moment. Nothing ever is. But for the most part, and this just seems like a, a PSA that deserves to be out there in the world, if you don't want a baby, don't do the stuff required to make a baby. Find out a preventative measure somewhere in that branch of things, somewhere in that list of decisions. Go rogue on one of them so that you prevent this thing from happening. Apparently, a lot of people are going this road, uh, according to this uh, doctor in California. I said that I wanted to have... <laughs> You know what I love about this? I just got trolled uh, by part of the thing that I have in front of me. That is obviously not the doctor. That is the office and a reference to something else. So I'm going to move on. I don't have the audio in front of me at the moment. I'll get it in a second. Uh, that's the, my favorite moment that's ever happened. Uh, filling in on the show is I have something in front of me uh, from someone I work with that is not the thing it's supposed to be. Uh, and that's probably something I'll hold on to for later on. Uh, but anyway, let's move on from this. As I said, a California a doctor did did say, and this seems to be true, a 300 to 400% increase in the amount of people uh, that are going and getting that treatment. Uh, here's the other one. There's two topics, uh, both in the same world, and then I'll move on from my horrible mistake uh, that occurred seconds ago. Man, if only you could rewind live things. Um, 
uh, people are getting uh, Botox in a part of their body. Uh, this is according to another uh, soap professional in New York. Uh, they're getting, I guess what they're calling it, bladder Botox, so they can go on longer road trips without having to go to the restroom. Uh, I don't do this. Uh, that's my PSA for this moment. Maybe Michael Scott has a thought on that too. Do not do this for no reason. Should you go ahead and throw Botox in that area to be like, yeah, I can travel longer, especially if the Biden administration gets what they want and we transition to electric vehicles because they can't road trip as far as uh, other vehicles can, uh, which is a conversation we don't have a lot in a society. Uh, well, I'm probably sure some of us do. Uh, those people in power don't seem to have it enough uh, that they're kind of trying to end the road trip altogether. All right, let's move on to other things, uh, things that I definitely have audio for. Uh, the president of the United States spoke at NATO uh, the other day. Uh, some of these things are still going viral, though, some of the things he said, uh, because some of them are just like blatant lies, uh, which is sort of amazing. Uh, this is a quick one, but continuing to say that our inflation rate is lower than other nations in the world is wrong, as the U.S. is one of the highest inflation rates of any developed country. But darn it, just say it the other way and hope that it sticks. Our inflation rates are lower than other nations in the world. Uh, no, sir, that is not that is not accurate. Uh, no matter how many times you say it, no matter how many times you try to will it into existence, it's not something that I think you can make into a thing. Uh, Biden also uh, talked about uh, abortion. Uh, there were a lot of uh, reactions to some of the things he said uh, on both inflation, uh, energy prices, and on this issue where people thought he was very, very weak. Uh, but here's the president on that. The important thing to be clear about is we have to change, I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law. And the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights, it should be, we provide an exception for this, for the, except, the require an exception to the <laughs> uh, filibuster yeah, yeah. for this action. You know what's so interesting about that take, the idea that we just provide certain exceptions in certain moments for the filibuster uh, is every version of whatever happens in the world of politics immediately gets abused and misused uh, by the, well, not even that, I, I guess whatever it might be, just enhanced uh, at times when it's unfair on one side, why not go the other way? Uh, this will, it'll be the most ridiculous piece of legislation to grow and develop over time where everything is an exception to the filibuster. You'd be able to filibuster almost nothing. Almost nothing will land in that world if we go exception by exception. Uh, but I, uh, why not? Uh, the president seems to think that's a good idea. All right. One other thing I do want to do, uh, and this is something I wanted to talk about for a while and why not do it now? Uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, apparently in the UK, uh, more so than here in the United States, they have what they call Flying Ant Day. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this before. Uh, Flying Ant Day is where the queen ants uh, take off and fly. And I guess because they're moving with all the other ants, because that's what you do. If you're one of the worker ants, you just follow along. Uh, seagulls start to eat them. Uh, and apparently in the UK specifically, this is so um, uh, difficult. This is such a a rough 24-hour uh, period because of the amount of seagulls that are, quote, acting as though they're on acid, going drunk and crazy because they have a Thanksgiving version of ants in the sky uh, that everybody sort of shuts down for a 24-hour period or at least uh, struggles with it. Uh, I have to be honest. My first thought in this, especially when some people were saying uh, that they just take that day off, they like... Uh, um, I guess, essentially uh, disconnect from the world, lock themselves behind uh, their door and stay at home, uh, a version of life we all remember just a little bit ago, that if flying ant day and acid-acting seagulls was the threat and not the things we were talking about a couple of years ago, I don't know if people would have fought to be outside of their houses. I feel like this is uh, uniquely crazy, uh, the idea. And even the Royal Society uh, for the Protection of Birds uh, has, has talked about this. They have a spokesperson out there 
that says, quote, seagulls are mad for them. They're mad for the ants on, on Ant Flying Day. Uh, they are like M&Ms to them. The gulls go crazy. <laughs> uh, this has to be a movie. If this isn't a movie already, I think this has to be a movie at some point. It doesn't have to be on any of the fancy stations. Netflix doesn't even have to buy it. We can hallmark this thing. Uh, but we should have uh, just a crazy pandemonium version of events. And actually, I'd love to have a lot of politicians just say the things they said during all the enhanced lockdowns that made less and less sense during COVID. And they do it for just flying ant day. Uh, that'd be a great parody video, I think, or parody movie uh, as commentary on the lives we all lived. Of the, for the past few years, have a Dr. Fauci version of a scientist going out there like, man, nothing we can do with these ants. Just got to handle them. Just got to deal with it. Just got to lock yourself inside and close all these small businesses because uh, there's no hope for any of us. Uh, I don't know why, but to me, that would somehow uh, add laughter to something that I often don't laugh about when I think about it. All right. On that note, and to try to fix some of the things broken in my studio all of a sudden, uh, we will take a quick break. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Podcasts are American as hot dogs, apple pie, football, and sushi. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, my goodness. No. Okay, maybe not sushi. Next time you have a craving for something sweet and tangy, download a Chad Benson Show podcast. Mm, boy. That is good. It's different because you get a little bit of saltiness. It's so good because it's sweet and salty at the same time. Get a taste on iTunes, iHeart, or Spotify and binge to your ears content. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. I'm not sure if you've heard this term yet. You probably will hear it if you haven't. Airmageddon. Uh, apparently, Airmageddon is the expectation for the holiday season uh, for several reasons. Uh, there was actually a, a op-ed a little while ago uh, where a pilot talked about how overworked uh, the pilots are right now in the airline industry. Uh, because just like with a lot of industries, there's a staffing issue. Uh, so pilots are being asked to work more and more. Uh, I have heard from pilots after I talked about this on some other stuff uh, that I do, uh, in which they said that there are certain rules in place, certain restrictions uh, that make pilots incapable of of really working too much that they can't even say sleep. Uh, but I'm sure whatever limits exist, they're being pushed to their absolute maximum. And so now Airmageddon, uh, apparently upon us. Uh, flights are going to be canceled um, a lot. Uh, and already you're seeing a lot of flight cancellations if you travel uh, somewhat frequently uh, because there's just not going to be pilots that are uh, capable or willing uh, to fly in some of these flights that are planned uh, over the holiday season. And certainly as the airline industry uh, continues to see uh, a level of interest that they didn't see for a while, uh, ramping up and finding ways to have the staffing, uh, something does pop in my brain. And I wonder if it pops in yours too. Uh, and this this is one of the industries uh, that I think wound up talking about this a lot when it was a thing is as we were getting closer and closer to a vaccine mandate actually occurring in our society, and then, of course, it didn't uh, because, well, uh, the um, law, the uh, courtrooms thought that that didn't make sense. Uh, but as we got closer and closer to it, airlines started laying people off. Uh, they were one of the places that uh, went out front and center and said, we did this, we did that. And they said it was some very minute percentage of the people that worked for them. But right now, I'm sure they wish to have all of those individuals back, especially any pilots that got laid off uh, through any of this because they seem to be desperately in need. And I do imagine that a lot of those pilots might be gravitating back to that work as these restrictions went away. But maybe some are holding out. 
Uh, maybe some of the experienced individuals who thought that it was wrong that they got canned would just willingly show back up to work and start working for the same company uh, when all of those rules are just thrown out the window. Uh, it actually made me think a lot, too. This is uh, disconnected, but just where my my brain grow, my brain goes in this sort of stuff. Uh, in the NBA right now, the Brooklyn Nets are dealing with a, a bit of a, a problem. Uh, Kevin Durant asked to be traded, leaving the, the team. Uh, certainly going to be a, a big change in what they thought was going to be a very good basketball team. But Kyrie Irving also very much likely to be traded. And the reason I talk about this at all is Kyrie Irving became the face, at least in the world of basketball, of someone who was a vaccine holdout, who's someone who thought that that didn't make sense and someone who probably no longer wants to play uh, for the team uh, and the, I guess, city uh, that wound up being a part of the problem and a reason why he was sitting out a bunch of home games, even though he was fine and healthy, he just chose not to get a vaccine. So I wonder if that's in place too. Um, uh, there are predictions that something upwards of 42 million Americans uh, will take a road trip uh, in a car uh, 50 miles or more. Uh, that is something that is typical, I guess, of the holiday season. Uh, but some of this other thing in the world of the Armageddon problem is that more and more people are opting to just buy a plane ticket and fly somewhere because of how ridiculous energy costs are anyway. Uh, and I know that that means plane tickets are probably also uh, up in price, as just everything is. Uh, but I guess for, for anyone that can afford it, uh, it does start to make sense when you're thinking about, all right, uh, we're going to drive however many hours it is to go see family, and it's going to cost however many tanks of gasoline, and now we're already spending hundreds of dollars. Uh, why not? Just go ahead and actually have a more comfortable version of a trip there and make it easier on us as long as the flight doesn't get canceled. Uh, 3.5 million people are expected to fly this holiday weekend. Airfare costs, on average, 14% more, uh, which doesn't seem quite as bad as the gas price rise over the last year or so. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see exactly how that goes. All right. I like this story a lot, so I wanted to touch on it quickly. Uh, I'm talking about a lot of stuff in other countries today. I can't help it. Uh, France has banned uh, companies from using the word steak or sausage on products that are vegetarian only. Uh, they said that that doesn't make sense. Uh, the French people care a lot about their food. Uh, you can't call something a veggie steak if it's not, in fact, a steak or a sausage. You're going to have to come up with some other word for it. Uh, I kind of love this. I don't mean this to, to be a shot at people who are probably going to write in hate uh, hate responses to the you love this idea. They're like, how dare you? I mean, we protest at Starbucks when they don't give us our, our vegan-free milk. And that's, a, that's a thing that happened. If anybody missed it, an actor, um, a relatively famous actor, not, not a super big A-list guy, uh, protested at a Starbucks and glued his hand uh, to a table when they wouldn't give him the vegan milk uh, without uh, upcharging him, uh, making him pay more money. So this fight is, I'm sure, all over the place. And by saying on the radio that it makes sense to me that you can't put the word steak uh, in a product that's not actually a real steak, I, I just love it. And I think that it does uh, find uh, additional ways to maybe be creative. With This should be exciting for companies. Uh, they get to rename a product that looks like a uh, steak, is supposed to taste like a steak, but is in no way factor or, or form a steak. Uh, Beyond Meat would still be okay, I guess. Uh, you just can't uh, maybe even call it a burger. Uh, but I do. I think that maybe more Americans would enjoy this. It's not a fight we need to have. Uh, certainly not right now with everything else going on. It's not the kind of thing I think I want to argue both sides of. I just want to leave that alone as much as I, I possibly can. Uh, but if we're going to have a conversation about it, I'm, I'm pro uh, come up with a new word. Uh, and maybe the word can be close to steak. Maybe it's like um, uh, vague or something. I don't know. I'm not in the idea meeting. Don't don't blame me for the terrible idea that just happened on the air. Uh, one last thing. I do want to say this. I thought this was interesting, too, and then we'll take a break. Uh, leaving your phone on mute, according to a new study, 
is more stressful than just dealing with someone who's trying to call you time and again. Uh, muting your phone, putting a do not disturb to avoid distractions uh, caused 42% of people to freak out <laughs> more so uh, than people who said they'd be upset dealing with something like a lot of sounds uh, going off on the phone. I guess sounds you can interact with the phone to stop. Uh, that is sort of amazing. And that had to be a build, right? We couldn't have started at that when cell phones started to become uh, more and more of a thing that just all of us had. Uh, it's got to be a slow uh, climb to the world of, man, if my phone isn't going to ring and someone needs me so bad, uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Uh, and of course, yet again, and I'm not judging us, I guess I'm just judging the data, uh, it seems like this is something we need to figure out a way to, to get better. We need to figure out a way to get this to not be a thing uh, that we struggle with anymore uh, because, well, uh, just being detached from society, as I've said a couple times, uh, seems to make sense. Now, I was talking about yesterday being uh, in a cave at some point in the old life for an amount of time, maybe a year, take a year off and go cave myself. I guess we kind of did that during the pandemic, but we still had the technology. I don't know why I'm still on that now. Uh, Bobby Bonilla Day, by the way, is a day that a lot of people are talking about. Uh, so happy day to Bobby Bonilla. Uh, $1.19 million every year until he's 72. Uh, that baseball player continuing to get paid uh, by the New York Mets. Uh, one of the oddest deals uh, in the history of all sports, but one that becomes a very fun uh, version of uh, yearly conversation. And actually, apparently, there's also now a non-fungible token, an NFT, uh, that celebrates Bobby Bonilla's old agent, uh, the one responsible for the infamous contract. So if you want to get in on that, uh, if you want to have your own version of Bobby Bonilla Day with a digital product that probably isn't worth money, there's your option. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. As Americans prep to throw Lady Liberty a birthday party, sticker shock on barbecue costs. New data shows ground beef prices soaring 36%, pork and beans up 33%, and even homemade potato salad up 19%. Yeah, everything's real expensive. I love the, the record scratch interrupt sound there on Good Morning America. Uh, we have gotten uh, very, very simple in some of our ideas. But as I said, I actually quite enjoyed it. We're like, ah, July 4th, it's going to be fun. Uh, by the way, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson show. Probably should mention that. Uh, I, I love this so much, though, because uh, the news coverage is, ah, it's going to be fun. The holiday is going to be great. Uh-oh, prices on everything are still terrible. Americans prep to throw Lady Liberty a birthday party. Sticker shock on barbecue. I think another move they could have made is the wah, 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 wah from the Price is Right. That would have been a nice thing uh, since the price is so very wrong uh, in so many places. But yeah, uh, ground beef up 36%, pork and beans 33%, potato salad up 19%. Uh, I wonder, and this is just a question out there. Uh, you can choose to answer it on any of our social media pages. Uh, Chad Benson on Twitter is my favorite to tell people to go to because uh, when I fill in for him, he has no idea what we're talking about. 
I assume he's doing the right thing and staying away from the show. Uh, and then when he comes back, he's going to be confused as to what some of the things are on his social media page. But do you try to like uh, uh, change some recipes or make some items a little bit differently to save on some of this stuff? Instead of the potato salad, are you making a different concoction uh, that you think is pretty close to potato salad? Uh, giving up the ground beef and finding something that, yeah, it's kind of like a burger. Uh, is that a road you're going? Let us know. Uh, go to our social media pages or facebook.com slash Craig Collins show. If you want to tell me directly, I'm just interested. I'd just love to hear if there's something you're doing to try to avoid the terrible prices. All right, let's play this audio. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, CNN did ask uh, White House economic advisor Brian Deese uh, about the terrible, awful gas prices. Uh, 485 a gallon for months is not something that we can sustain. Uh, certainly, we can't do it for years. Uh, the response, though, is the reason that this guy's going viral today. Well, what do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay 485 a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, what? and we have to stand firm. <laughs> well, what do you say? Wait, what? what? I'm going to play that audio again in a second. Uh, that's amazing to me. It's it's uh, the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm in our decision to go ahead and abandon any sort of version of uh, energy prices uh, that are going to make sense to most people, whether or not they can afford it. It's all just it's forced. Uh, it's just something you have to live in a world where the politicians decided now's the time and now's the, the moment where we all have to struggle collectively because of something we want and you don't want. Now, that is uh, exactly what this isn't supposed to be, exactly what our representatives are not supposed to do, uh, not care about the desires, the, the needs of the people at all. And he literally just said that. That's sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand. <laughs> we have to stand as firm as we can. We have to make sure uh, that we don't fold here. Uh, checking in on the liberal world order in other ways, uh, which is a sentence I didn't think I was going to say today. Uh, Judy Chu is the name of a, a representative that got arrested uh, protesting with others uh, near the Capitol uh, the other day. She put up a video on social media, and I'm not even going to play the audio of the two young ladies she's interviewing. Uh, there's just a, a cringeworthy moment in here of her excitement and getting arrested and being a part of it. Uh, every part of this, to me, just screams of political performance, of uh, being there, whether or not she cares about the issue. I'm not actually trying to question that in this scenario. I think the reason she was out there protesting, the reason she allowed herself to get arrested and the reason she then sat down with whatever kind of TV crew she had with her, I don't think it was very developed, maybe a person or two, and did interviews with the other young people is all just to get political value from this moment. Uh, it's something that I preach often when I talk about companies. I'm not trying to break bad against the companies, uh, but when they say that they care about an issue, they don't. Uh, and I don't mean that uh, as if I think it. I'm sure they don't care about the issue, not the totality of the company, the way they claim to. They care about their sales, and they've decided that being pro or against any issue, uh, not this specific one, but anyone, is going to help them sell more of whatever it is they're selling to you. Uh, the same thing is here with the politicians. And a lot of people did uh, voice this concern uh, in Democratic and uh, Republican media and right-left conversations uh, that the politicians' immediate ask of money uh, to people who were upset about the overturning of Roe versus Wade, the text messages, the phone calls, the emails saying, hey, you need to donate to me now so I can fight this, uh, were just gross. They were just disgusting. And yet again, uh, a version of, and we complain about this, 
and politicians mostly ignore it or accuse us of of distracting from issues, politicizing moments for their own gain. This is another one of those things. These two are my fellow inmates. We're, we were all arrested today to protect women's right to an abortion. And uh, there are probably nearly 200 that, that got arrested. But I want to ask you two, you young people. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> You young people, why did you this? This is the most uncomfortable uh, way to set this up is I got arrested. These young ladies were arrested with me. They were my cellmates today fighting the good fight. And there's more of us here. And I'm going to sit down and be a a friend uh, to each one of them. I'm going to be like the the aunt that's asking you questions during the holiday um, uh, party that you're having. Uh, Why did you young people decide to come out here and get arrested with me? Uh, This is ridiculous. This is uh, political theater. This is performance theater. Uh, this kind of stuff uh, should be annoying to everyone on every side. nearly 200 that, that got arrested, but I want to ask you two, you young people, uh, why did you come to this uh, protest and, and, and get arrested? This isn't even the way that, like, humans speak. Um, do you talk to people that are younger than you by calling them young people all the time in that, like, kind of removed way? Is that something you do when you're talking face-to-face with someone? Uh, can you do that in reverse you're talking to someone that's older than you, you old person, tell me this thing. Uh, just those moments, they seem to uh, just scream to me that this is as disingenuous as it can be, even if she believes in the issue, even if she cares about the issue itself, she is trying to gain notoriety to be a face of the conversation for those on her side so that she gets value from it for her political career. And yet I talked about it for as many minutes as I did so that here we are. Uh, one last thing, I want to mention this before we take a break. Uh, Brittany Griner is a WNBA player uh, that has been um, imprisoned in Russia. She's waiting for a trial date. Uh, She's accused of having uh, things that she's not supposed to have on her in Russia, things that are totally fine uh, in the United States, uh, CBD oil. Uh, I don't know how much this conversation gets talked about in whatever circle you're in, uh, but it is interesting. I know CNN uh, had a conversation with uh, Brittany Griner's wife, I think, recently, uh, in which they had... Uh, several different moments of of bashing the Biden administration or going after a lack of interest in actually helping uh, the uh, famous WNBA player out of jail, out of prison, out of this scenario. Uh, it's a fairly interesting topic to me because of how little play, uh, for lack of a better way of saying, it's getting uh, in media. And I'm not accusing all media of ignoring it uh, purposefully or anything like that. I just think that since now... The talking point seems to be from the family of this this person uh, that the politicians who are supposed to be with everything that is that is a part of this. Uh, I complain. Here's the way I'll make this point. I complained before when our president chose not to go uh, to the um, uh, the community that was impacted so horrifically uh, in November uh, in Wisconsin uh, when someone decided to drive into a Christmas Day parade and take lives. Uh, That person was a black man uh, who said several times in social media that he wanted to kill white people, that he hated white people. And he actually said a lot of other uh, things that we would all easily determine as just simply wrong. The president, and at that point, I think Jen Psaki as the White House press secretary, said they just couldn't coordinate a trip. But then when other horrific things happen and the community uh, that is the victim or the community uh, that is the aggressor, makes sense to this administration, and this is the grossest way to say it, but the truest, when the optics made sense to this president to go mourn with people that have been through a horrific loss, he chose to do it. When the optics didn't make sense, he chose not to do it. 
this topic now. Uh, this uh, uh, female athlete, um, this person who's part of the LGBTQ community, uh, this person who's uh, African-American, all the different things about it uh, play into, as odd as it sounds, uh, the version of um, conversation that uh, the Biden administration, the Democrats want to be the champions of. And yet there is so much ignoring, uh, so much lack of of help and back channel versions of here's one of the exact here's the last thing i guess i'll say on this issue and just the reason i bring it up at all uh, apparently uh, uh this woman uh, was waiting to hear from Brittany, who was imprisoned in russia uh recently and they were going to set up a phone call and talk to each other they were actually having an anniversary of some kind and the reason they didn't connect is not because russia prevented it the russian uh, uh prison allowed Brittany Grinder to make several attempts at a phone call to connect with the United States to get on the phone uh, with, with her family member. And the reason that it didn't happen is the United States forgot about it, more or less. They had no one staffed at a time to answer a phone call, to transition it uh, from the Russian prison, to connect it uh, to the individual here in the United States. That is amazing. Anytime you hear Democrats, politicians champion the rights of of certain groups of people they say that they care they care about this they care about that they couldn't connect a phone call between someone that our country thinks is wrongfully imprisoned our, our country thinks that that uh cbd oil was even planted on her in the first place uh with her loved one for their anniversary uh even though that person has been uh, trying to get out of jail and and um uh, being held in russia for months so anytime again that you think all right the words matter, but maybe the actions matter more. This is a definitive action that shows how much many of these politicians actually care about these issues they talk about nonstop. Quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Uh, before I take the break, though, I should say this. Uh, Chad Benson, the hardest working guy in all the radio, even when he's out, he's doing stuff. Here's a message from him about my pillow. All right, kids, my pillow's got deals galore. The BOGO's still going on, but the huge deal is, that, of course, the My Slipper. The My Slipper. Four layers when it comes to your, your feet when you're walking. Right? It took them two years to develop. So it's got a four tier cushioning system. Includes the MyPillow Patent Fill, Comfort Memory Foam, Patent Impact Gel, and the Soul Indoor Outdoor. Wear it all the time. It is fantastic. Made with a quality leather suede, machine washable, six day money back guarantee, one year limited warranty. Here's the thing normally, $139.99 for you right now, $49.98. Massive deal. Now's your chance to save. You go to MyPillow.com slash Benson or call 800-983-4975. Use code Benson. The My Slippers are only $49.95. When you're there, take advantage of all the other deep discounts. Like we said, the BOGO is still going on. The buy one, get one free in the MyPillows, the sheets, the towels, you name it. Uh, MyPillow.com slash Benson. and white male privilege to me. I do often out myself verbally as a gender. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm proud to be a gender. Are you stupid? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Not a great way to use your white privilege. Some people get it. Some people don't. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. 
This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back after the holidays. Uh, An interesting piece of uh, data, a couple pieces of data out there. Uh, The first one, a survey of 1,000 registered U.S. voters uh, found that most Americans uh, believe that the government is rigged against them. Uh, Actually, the specific quote, I think, that the University of Chicago's Institute of Politics found to be true uh, by most of the people that they pulled in this this survey uh, said that the government is corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me. Uh, now, that would be interesting enough, uh, not that I think that that's all that shocking. I think a lot of people feel as though uh, the games, the things that play, the draining the swamp sentence works for a reason. Uh, a lot of people feel as though uh, this world we live in right now and the way in which politicians do their jobs, not the creation of our society in general, the creation of our country, the intention the founding fathers had, but the world that exists right now, the things that actually uh, happen in that space are things that don't make sense. Uh, but here's here's the big one, the one that's now the headline everywhere. Twenty five percent of those people. Uh, so I guess two hundred and fifty of a thousand people said that they'd be willing to take up arms to fight our country if things get worse. They would be willing to arm themselves and push back. Uh, and honestly, here's my reaction to that. I, I certainly don't encourage you to do that. I don't want to uh, get on a radio show and be like, uh, let's start the revolution. That's wrong. That's not where I'm at uh, these days. Uh, but I think. And this is tinfoil hat for just a second, putting it on as best I can. Uh, The big argument in the world of gun rights, the Second Amendment, uh, uh, um, well-armed militia being a necessary component to a free state, is this concept differently. This concept at the time of the founding fathers, when they believed that if the government did overreach, and again, this is not what I'm uh, advising anyone to do. There's no encouragement tone hopefully heard within this message. Uh, but at that time, when you're creating those documents, when you're revolting against uh, a, a separate country and trying to become uh, the beloved United States that we live in now and will celebrate hopefully hard uh, over the weekend for the July 4th holiday. Uh, but when all of that's going on, you say that the people themselves need to be capable of, of ever doing this again. If the government gets too out of hand, if they do too many inappropriate things, uh, the threat of, say, a, a well-armed militia. Uh, should keep that check and balance thing in place. I believe that's what the 25% of Americans uh, who responded to this are essentially saying, uh, that they're saying that, yes, to us at some point, uh, and hopefully uh, we don't see a day like that. And again, I just want to make this abundantly clear uh, so it doesn't come off as, as something else, not encouraging anyone to take up arms and go after any part of the political structure. Um, but I I do think that essentially this is a reflection of an argument that exists in our society uh, somewhere else uh, and with people who I guess would lovingly call themselves the tinfoil hat crowd. Uh, Moving on, uh, surging DeSantis numbers are calling into question whether or not former President Donald Trump is really the best candidate on the Republican side of the aisle uh, in the upcoming presidential election. Uh, DeSantis keeps saying all he cares about is getting reelected in Florida. Uh, But I do think there's interest here, uh, especially as... I don't think the January 6th committee is breaking through at all, but maybe some people are thinking new blood makes sense to us because we don't even know what all the new attacks by Democrats are going to be for the new politician. We know all the games, all the back and forth, all the crazy that occurs uh, with our past president. Uh, So this gap is getting smaller and smaller every time people are pulled and asked. And many, actually, DeSantis is leading Trump. Uh, But in this one, one that uh, Trump has long led DeSantis, the Yahoo uh, News YouGov poll, uh, the now the gap is less than 10 percent, nine points uh, behind. So it'll be interesting to keep seeing a development in that world. A uh, quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show.
Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Lots of stuff to talk about. Our president, though, uh, uses the words child uh, when he talks about an abortion. This is something that happened uh, earlier today and something that is definitely going viral. Here is the president saying abort a child. Uh, not. Uh, I know that this is just semantic stuff, uh, but I do think, and I, I can play the audio again. I've played it before about uh, from Biden in 2006 as a senator saying that abortion is not something he considers a right, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think a lot of politicians at odds with what they actually believe and what they think they need to believe for their political party. Here's an example. I mean, so the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. I think that you say a lot of what you mean there, sir, uh, when you actually say that uh, it is a child uh, that would be getting it. And I'm not trying to uh, try to win this fight with that one example. That's uh, probably something that'll go viral and people will debate whether or not it's even really a fair uh, thing. Uh, but obviously, uh, Biden is someone and I'll just play the audio. I know that I have it. Um, uh, Biden is someone who had a very different opinion uh, just a somewhat short time ago. I know it's it's a it's been a while uh, to a lot of us, but to have an de- opinion this definitive uh, in 2006 and to have it change so profoundly uh, by 2022, he's done the same thing on the filibuster. Uh, but here's uh, Senator Biden uh, saying what he believed at the time about abortion. I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus. You know what I think could be interesting here? This is now just a hypothesis or a guess. Uh, our president is someone who was supposed to be more in the middle on a lot of issues than most Democrats are. Not truly in the middle. Of course, he's to the left, uh, but more in the middle uh, than most are. And he already had his unique struggles. Uh, He already was uh, made fun of quite a bit, even the last time uh, as the VP. Robin Williams has some viral audio that still makes sense today uh, from years ago, uh, joking about Biden's inability to make sense of of things uh, when speaking. Uh, But I wonder if sometimes the stumbles, the the missteps, the this word used in this inappropriate way are actually a reflection of Biden believing something and not being willing to tell us the actual uh, thing he thinks and not being willing to be essentially honest with the American people because his party demands something different of him. Uh, that would speak even more, I think. And this is just a hypothesis. And I, be, I might be running wild with a lot of it now uh, to why he is so easily disrespected by so many, even those who work directly with him. Uh, The Democratic Party uh, being unwilling right now or unhappy might be the better word uh, with saying that Biden will run for office in 2024, that he'd have support from people in 2024. I'm not saying that I I disagree with it. He's done a terrible job. Most Americans think so. Uh, But just the the willingness to go against the person currently in the chair in the office. uh, And when you compare that to Trump, uh, let's do that as honestly as we can. Uh, former President Trump, well in office, seemed to dictate the talking points for his political party 
Biden seems to be removed from them and or behind them most of the time. And that is probably as bad as anything else in in his struggle, I think, to be a relevant politician, as crazy as that sentence sounds, um, because he is currently our president. Uh, but it, it just it just appears to be true. And actually, you know what? Since I mentioned it, I want to play it, too. Uh, this is Biden in 2005 talking about how arrogant it would be to get rid of the filibuster, how it would be a, a fundamental power grab by a majority party, uh, something he advocated for the other day. And we should make no mistake. This nuclear option is ultimately an example of the arrogance of power. It is a fundamental power grab by the majority party. You know, it's interesting about those viral moments from 20 years ago or so, Biden. Uh, he's much more articulate. <laughs> I will be honest about that. He is much more capable of saying things that he thinks. Uh, it just seems like the things he's saying are things he actually believes. And so I don't think this take is a lot of places. I don't think a lot of people are saying that the struggle Biden has is not just that he's horribly inept as a politician, uh, but more importantly, that maybe he is uh, refusing to do things or say things that his own mind is telling him to say or do. Maybe he's fighting the power uh, inside his own body at times uh, with whatever it is that he thinks he needs to think, just like every politician in our society now sort of leans into whatever that moment might be. Uh, that's why independent speech and independent thinkers uh, like Chad Benson, uh, this is Greg Collins filling in for him, so I'm giving him the attaboy, uh, like Chad Benson are so important. Uh, I'll say this too, real quick. This is a different uh, issue, just a different topic I want to hit on. Um, the internet backed a woman that was in the middle of a job interview. She went to a place on Reddit I like a lot. It's called Am I the Jerk? Uh, you don't have to care about Reddit or that place to care about the topic, uh, but essentially people go to social media and ask total strangers uh, who was the jerk in a situation. And they're supposed to be telling the truth, uh, saying what actually occurred. And whether it's them or somebody else, uh, the Internet gets to vote who the biggest uh, jerk. Again, not the word I used. It's one I can't say on the radio. Uh, but I, I think this is a pretty interesting uh, demonstration of the way in which maybe our society has changed. So this woman's in a job interview. Uh, you would assume she wants the job she's in the interview to get. And as they're going back and forth and talking about certain things, uh, the woman asks, what is this pay? What is the salary? And the person doing the interview says, that's a conversation for later. We're not doing that right now. And the back and forth continues. And what I find so interesting about this, and I'm diving a little bit deeper into this than they shared, is if it's an HR person doing a preliminary interview, maybe they don't actually know. Maybe they know a range. Maybe someone in a different position of power within the company would actually define it for them. But so the woman keeps asking, like, what's, what's the salary? And the person doing the interview keeps saying, uh, no, not today. And so then the woman stormed off. Apparently, she yelled the applicant and uh, walked out of the interview. And everybody on social media is praising this person. They're like, way to go. You go, queen. Uh, I don't think that's actually there. I just thought it made sense for the moment. Uh, I think they're all just screaming and yelling and, and voicing praise because they think, as I, it seems many young people do, uh, that the job market, the, the world we live in, in so many different ways is unfair. Uh, but here's my only reaction uh, as far as like that bit of that, like one piece of advice you might have thrown at your friend if your friend had been the person to do this is if it was a range and if you were doing a good job in the interview and talking yourself into the higher end of the range of the job, you might have just stormed out of something that's going to pay you enough money to be happy. And so I guess uh, whether you want this to be uh, the protest or not, uh, you want to be happy for the person that stuck her, her finger at uh, authorities and, and told the company, you will tell me my salary or else. 
Uh, I would have suggested going through the rest of the process, accepting uh, that they're not giving you the salary in that moment because they do have to tell you what you pay before what they pay before you take the job. Usually in most scenarios, I would I would support anybody then if the moment when they're like, all right, the job is yours. What do you guys pay me? Still not telling you. That's the moment I say that it's right to go crazy. This moment, even though getting so much praise, uh, probably cost her what could have been a good opportunity. Uh, she doesn't know. She decided that no information uh, was enough, that it was bad, and then she walked out. You might totally disagree with me. You might think that it was weird and dumb uh, for someone to get to the point of a job interview and still not be uh, willingly told what the salary is. Uh, but I guess my my reaction uh, to explain that, uh, and this is a lot of talk over a topic you might not care about, uh, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, my my uh, way to explain that is you're in the interview already, right? You're sitting down, you're talking to the company, you're telling them how much you like them. You hopefully did some research, so you're impressing them a little bit. Uh, in that moment, you're already there. So uh, getting mad and throwing stuff uh, is usually not the reaction I have unless someone goes really above and beyond in the world of inappropriate. And this didn't, didn't cross that threshold for me. All right, I got to take a break. I got a lot more to talk about. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in uh, for the holiday weekend. I advise everybody to relax as much as possible. Uh, there was a story somewhat recently that said the average American only really relaxes, only really gets a, a moment of reprieve from some level of stress for about 40 minutes a day. Uh, and that's not all at once, by the way. So do better than that if you can uh, this weekend. And one reason I want to say this, other than I think it's good advice, is because I, I both liked and disliked the story I saw recently about an Eagles concert uh, that was happening in London. Uh, a fight broke out during an outdoor concert, concert the Eagles were putting on in London. The hilarious part about it, and I can't play any of this audio because a lot of real bad words being said as people are just throwing haymakers. Uh, the Eagles were playing Take It Easy. As people started to punch the crap out of each other, uh, that song is playing in the background. Take it easy. And you're like, all right, man, no. I'm doing the exact opposite in this moment. So anybody that heard my advice and just decided you're going rogue this holiday season, good luck to you. Uh, but I would say not do that. Uh, one other thing I do want to play uh, that's probably a little sillier before I get to some more serious stuff. Uh, and Tim Allen was doing, I think, this interview uh, via some sort of internet connection. So it's going to break up for a second there. Not my fault. Uh, but Tim Allen... Uh, finally weighed in on the Buzz Lightyear controversy, uh, a sentence I didn't think I was going to say. Uh, but as a millennial, someone who remembers the original Toy Story movie as a kid, uh, more so than as an adult, I do think that this is interesting. Uh, Tim Allen, not asked to be the voice of Buzz Lightyear in that movie that came out by Pixar that imagines uh, Buzz Lightyear as a real, uh, a real person and not a toy, uh, even though it's still an animated Pixar movie. Um, the reason that a lot of people think that Tim Allen wasn't asked to be a part of this by Pixar is because of politics, because of his opinions on stuff, because they just want to distance themselves from a person that's on a side of the aisle that a whole lot of people in, in entertainment in uh, a Disney's world of media are not on. Uh, that's why you asked Chris Evans to do it. But uh, Tim's complaint was not about that specifically. It was more general and I thought pretty interesting. <laughs> 
The short answer is I've stayed out of this. The brass that did the first four movies, this is a whole new team that really have nothing to do with the first movies. There's really no Toy Story buzz without Woody. It's a wonderful story. It doesn't seem to have any connection to the toy. It seemed, it's just no connection. I wish there was a better connection. So this is what Tim Allen is saying, is that he'd rather do the movie with Tom Hanks so you get uh, Buzz and Woody together. Uh, and then beyond that, he also thinks that since there's a new team there, that team doesn't really have an appreciation, is the way I'd say it, for what made the movie special themselves. Uh, the Buzz Lightyear movie did not do as well as expected. Uh, it did fine, uh, but it didn't do anywhere near as well as expected by a property that valuable. And a lot of people think it's because, well, you changed up the voice, the actor, everything about uh, Buzz Lightyear. I think it might have been a movie, and this is admitting some things on the radio I didn't intend to admit, that adult me would have seen child-free. I don't have any kids. Uh, if Tim Allen had done it, I didn't go see it. I might have gone to see that movie for nostalgia-related reasons. All right, uh, a couple other quick things. I thought this was interesting. Uh, a new uh, bit of census data has shown that during the uh, coronavirus pandemic, the shutdowns, all the things that existed in our society, a lot of people migrated. They migrated to the Rockies, the Southwest. Uh, they're heading toward the Sun Belt, essentially. Uh, the reason why that's happening, according to this data, is one that companies were allowing for that. Companies didn't care where you worked and people were choosing to work a place, maybe not so much based on uh, what company uh, had a headquarters there, or what jobs were available uh, in that town they're now living in, but just where they wanted to live uh, in our country. I'm not exactly a defender of the work from home version of every company everywhere does it. I think there's a lot of reasons companies would want to not have you work from home permanently. Uh, but this is kind of cool. This does make sense to me as uh, that trend goes up, though. Uh, people were migrating away uh, from the coasts, uh, specifically from the East Coast. Uh, a lot of downturn there. Uh, I wonder if there's a version of Escape 2 if you go to a community that's maybe not as as active as, let's say, in New York City. Uh, if you go to somewhere else, uh, still get paid the amount you're getting paid wherever you were living before that, and you get to live somewhere that's a little bit more relaxing, uh, a little bit uh, less uh, hustle and bustle. Uh, in some of the places that it seems that people were migrating to. Um, I think that that would make a tremendous... You know what? I'll, I'll say this. Uh, and this is something I actually haven't talked about on radio before. Uh, and it's something that uh, I'll just share very quickly. Uh, there was a time period where I was uh, working on some radio things and doing those things remotely for the company I was working for. And uh, I went on a couple vacations and just took some equipment with me and did the broadcast if I was asked to do them uh, on vacation uh, just because the company wasn't, they didn't like ask. I didn't like submit it as vacation time. I just went. I was like, wow, the tickets are real cheap. And my wife and I want to go somewhere. Uh, let's go here. Let's go there. Uh, and it was great uh, for my mental uh, um, self, I guess, my mental well-being. It was really interesting, especially when you're still kind of doing your same job, but you're doing it in the vo vacation mindset. Uh, but I know that that probably would have worn off. I don't think I could have done that 100% of the time. And I wonder if some of these places that people are going that aren't uh, accustomed to having as, as large of populations as they might uh, gain, if we see this continue in our society, uh, are doing it because uh, they're getting away from the mass amount of people uh, that exist in some of the high population states and or cities uh, that exist in our, in our country. Uh, one last thing. I like this a lot. Um, uh, and I, I don't know how to do this. This is a video I'm going to describe on the radio it's the second time I'm going to do this. So you can go to social media pages uh, to find it, uh, facebook.com slash Greg Collins Show. I'll try to find a way to get some of it on Chad Benson, his Twitter uh, page, Chad Benson Show, or, or any of the social media pages for him. Uh, but it, it's viral. 
Uh, a cat seemed to like a specific type of bath so much that it demanded that its owners do it. And I'm a dog person, not a cat person, but this is pretty hilarious. Uh, the cat liked to be watered like a plant. That is essentially uh, what is proven here. So much so, and it's cool how animals like kind of learn things in a weird way when they do learn things, that whenever the cat wanted a bath from the owners, uh, it would go stand statuesque near a plant like a plant and wait to be watered after the plants got watered. Uh, as I said a second ago, I am a dog person. I don't think I would see myself getting a lot of cats. I would very happily get this cat. Uh, that wants to be watered like a plant cat because of how amazing uh, this whole thing looks. Uh, it is just kind of, as I said, uh, amazing to me uh, the way in which animals are like, oh, I see all the plants are getting watered the way I want to get uh, myself cleaned by my owner. Let me just go ahead and mimic that and we'll do great. Uh, before I get out of here, uh, just some quick July 4th facts uh, information for you in time for the holiday. Uh, we've been celebrating for 246 years, ever since the Declaration of Our Independence, uh, which hopefully you're aware, 1776, that happened. Uh, 81 years, it's been a federal holiday, so congrats to everybody that has the day off uh, over the holiday weekend. Uh, in 1776, there were 2.5 million people in the U.S., 2.5. There are now 332 million, so a little bit of growth. Uh, thank you to our founding fathers for giving us the opportunity. Uh, the first 4th of July parade was held in Rhode Island in 1785. 76% of Americans today consider themselves patriotic. Uh, only 5% say not at all. So as we hear bad stat after bad stat in that world, uh, that's a nice one to hear. Uh, the, Americans the American flag's design hasn't changed in 62 years. That's the longest of any of the 27 versions we've had. Uh, we hit 50 years, uh, 50 stars in 1960, excuse me, after Hawaii became a state, Alaska joined uh, right before that. So we didn't need to uh, redo things then. So our flag is one that's had a lot of longevity. Uh, again, as the hate for our country, the demand of all the different things that change one way or change another way, uh, create this narrative of how awful we are on a holiday like this, on a, on a weekend uh, where we celebrate uh, the pride of being uh, the people we are and the country we come from. Uh, these are things that I think are important to remember. And if you have a flag, just uh, display it proudly. Uh, display it um, without getting it shot by a firework. And just as a PSA, uh, do everything you can to not hurt yourself over the holiday season because I feel like that is, one, uh, probably dangerous and awful, but, two, very embarrassing because uh, of how many people are going to get injured. Uh, do everything you can to prevent yourself from being someone that has to explain that to people at work on Tuesday. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.